When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm Lisa Bell. And I'm Candace Campos. And today's guest is the president of an organization that's working to help fight hunger in Central Florida. And God knows the need is there. Organizations handing out a record number of meals so far this year. We are so happy to be joined today with Phil Flynn from Jewish Family Services of Greater Orlando. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we were just chatting. You are busier than ever right now. That's correct. Okay. The amount of food going out of our establishment is record-breaking for us. We've been in existence 45 years. Oh, wow. And May broke all our records. Then June broke May's records. And I've just closed the books on July. And July broke June's records. So we have a tremendous amount of food going out of that. So what exactly does Jewish Family Services do? What sort of aid do you provide in our community? Our, we are a, a community service organization providing a food pantry, which is what we've just been discussing. We have mental health counseling. We have a ride program for the elderly and the disabled. We have a um, family stabilization program. So people who are just a paycheck away from being homeless or just need some help dealing with the issues around um, running a household in Central Florida, can get some assistance and some guidance. And then we have our rabbinical services who provide spiritual guidance to those who are in hospitals or are homebound and can't get out. And so when you're talking about, you know, one one month hit a record, following month hit another record, yeah, yeah. I mean, what numbers are like, what, sure. what's the magnitude of this? I know you said here, you guys are always going to ask the numbers. No, no, really, that's great. No, that's the great. numbers really um, tell the story. Sure, I'll put it in two perspectives. Okay. Uh, the first is we did this year up until June, uh, July, we did 166,000 uh, meals went out the door. Wow. Uh, to put that in perspective, that, that was 7,500 clients. So pre-pandemic, go back to 2019, we were averaging 22 clients a day. We then, during pandemic, we rose to 124 per day. But this is 2023, and so pretty much everybody who's sort of kind of back to work is sort of kind of back to work, and, but the economy is not the best, payroll hasn't kept up, that's a whole other discussion, but we're averaging 100 people per day. So we are now at a new normal. Yeah, so you wonder, like, what is happening? You touched on the economy, and there are so many ways to look at the economy. Yeah. Um, food prices have come down quite yeah. a bit now. Yeah. Uh, we have, in some cases, record low unemployment, especially here in Florida. Right. Wages have gone up, but so have housing prices, insurance costs. So what is actually happening? What are you? Why is this need as great as it is? I don't have that answer. I mean, I'm, I, I don't play the political world. Uh, I'm sure you know the politicians could absolutely have their opinions and economists can have these discussions. But I see the working poor. Uh, my facility, we do serve. If you're homeless and you show up, we feed you. We give you the food to go. But the vast majority of, uh, of the clients, over 95% of people coming in, they're working. Right. So they're working two, three jobs. But they can't get to the end of the month. The, my assumption is they just don't have enough capital to pay the rent, to mm -hmm pay healthcare benefits, to pay all of these different things where 
from a piece of paper, it's, gee, we're stabilized. We're having a little bit better. But the reality of these individuals is, I don't have enough money to pay for food until the yeah. end of the month. So they come to us. And, it's tough. And the numbers, I mean, I, I just had this conversation with my six-year-old daughter yesterday. We were driving, we were stopped at a light, and we saw someone on the side of the road. And my daughter asked, is, is that person homeless? And I said, maybe. And she goes, well, she doesn't look homeless. And then I explained to her that there's a big... I mean, homeless looks like, you know, whether it's homelessness or food insecurity, it all insecurity. it all looks different. Mm -hmm. You can't just look at a person and say they're food insecure. I right. mean, but the number is one in eight people here in the Central greater Florida. in yep. the greater area. And one in five of them are children. Right. They're children. I mean, we're talking about food here. Mm -hmm. You know, they can't they can't get through the thirty day month with enough food to make sure their education is, is as good as we're presenting it to them because they can't keep their scores up. They can't, family dynamics begin to get stressful because I'm going without food so that my two kids can get their food. That's just, I mean, from my perspective, again, I'm on the front lines. Right. So I have a different, slightly different view and I just don't understand how in a country like ours, which is the, the world's breadbasket, I, I have people lining up to get yeah. Food. <laughs> so how do you as an organization then make ends meet and meet that growing demand? Sure, I think that's a great question. Um, we rely on a combination of a uh, tremendous amount of, of donor support. Uh, we are a nonprofit agency. We're raising money all the time and through government programs and government grants. And so we're the, we're the groups that say, okay, I understand it's this much paperwork, but we're just going to do it and be able to get the food out to the individuals. So has that, have the don donations kept up with demand? Not quite. Not quite. Um, but they have, en they have enough for us to, to just do today's job and worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. You know? and, I mean, and you are on track to, what is it? I mean, hand out at the, by the end of the year, 250,000. 250, yeah, yeah. That's a yes. lot. That's, that's a tremendous amount. How do you process all of that? Do you rely on a lot of volunteers? Do you have a huge warehouse? Oh, Take us through how sure. you actually distribute all that. Food. That's a great question. The, uh, I wish I could give you a better word than food pantry, because when I talk to most people in my life and I say food pantry, they have this vision of, you know, it's the Sunday afternoon after church, come by and get some food and walk out the door. Or they think of a Meals on Wheels program where someone's delivering home food. With, I wish I could have a different word for you. Food bank is second harvest. They have warehouse and it's pallets upon pallets. We're sort of in between. So we purchase all of our food that we do purchase, we purchase it from second harvest. Because your dollar donation, I can buy $9 worth of food based on the, on the way that their program works. So we stack up pallets of food in our building. It all gets sorted. It's all barcoded. It all gets sorted out. And then we create what's called a set. And this is two, two grocery bags, paper bags, that's enough food, non-perishable items that you take with you uh, that can feed a family of, uh, a family of two for four days. So if you're an individual, well, hopefully I have eight days worth of food, you know, the math. And if you show up and you have a family of five, then we just give you that many sets to make sure you can at least get through a week's worth of food, a four-day to five-day period. You can make it stretch. And you were saying non-perishable. So, so I mean, non give, you, give us an idea. Are there like ones that are, do you, are, are you showing us how to, to make the food as well? No, or no what's it's not an educational uh, facility. What we do is yeah. we give you... Everything from cans of soup to can gotcha. jars of peanut butter, mm -hmm. things that you can sit in your in a cupboard that don't have to be refrigerated in order to make it through and, and prepare a quick meal. How do people qualify for your services? And where do they go if they need help? They don't have to qualify. You just show up at the front door. It's food. You show up at the front door, you're hungry. Mm 
-hmm. with each. It's plain and simple. Yes, because we do take government grants. We do ask some questions. Do you live in Seminole County? Do you live in Orange County? Do you live in the city of Orlando? Yes, I do. This is my address. I just don't need your address. I just need to know where you live. And so we take that information so we can report back to the government because they they're interested in tracking. And I think that's important for them. For us, it's the whole philosophy of Tikana Lab. You know, you show up at my front door, you're hungry, I feed you. Mm -hmm. You need help, I help you. Our yeah. job is to save the world. So. And so where is your front door? And what about sure. transportation sure. barriers? Because that's also a that's huge a, That's a huge problem. thing. We're, we're lucky. We, we are a 2100 Lee Road. So the bus stops literally right in front of our building. Oh, okay. it, yeah. it stopped there. And it is not unusual to see clients going out the door uh, with their with their food in the bags getting onto a bus line. But thankfully, most of the individuals who show up to private transportation, their cars, or a friend, carpools and a couple of them will come together. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll help them get the food into their car, into the trunk, and get them on the and, and you've expanded quite a bit yes. recently. So we, I mean, what's, yeah. what's the, what, what does it look like now? We went from about... Um, 600 square feet of pantry space to, we doubled. We literally went to 12 wow. or 1300 square feet of space. We put in what's called carton flow racks. If you're in the industry, you know what that means. So everything gets loaded up and then as you pull an item, another item slides down because we have to be much more efficient in order to stay effective because we're, we're managing three, four people every 15 minutes yeah. showing up. So. It's fastest to get the sets and get them. Almost conveyor belt like. Yeah, like that's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly right. And do you rely on volunteers to fill those grocery bags? No. no. We rely on professional staff. Okay. Only because as much as I love volunteers and we love volunteers, it's it's a little bit too much to get mm -hmm. it. We're servicing so many people and there's so many moving parts that I need to have consistency. Right. Consistency creates efficiency, which creates effectiveness. Volunteers come and help us during the holidays. We greatly appreciate that because then you get an even bigger demand. Uh, but the Monday through Thursday from 8 to 5, no, that's paid staff. Getting those sets created, making sure the information is taken down and that you know, no one's getting hurt. And, and Phil, I mean, you, you said, like, when, before we started recording this, is you're one of the only organizations or one of the only companies who are striving to get yourselves get, out yeah, of business. I would, I would love to come in here and be talking about this, the close of JFS, mm -hmm. because food insecurity doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You know, that's, we're a nonprofit, and we come in today every single day. What can we do today to make it so that we don't have to be here tomorrow? Mm -hmm. What's it like to actually work up close with a lot of these people who are in this situation and have that need? It's, uh, it's, it's humbling. You know, I, I mean, I... You see an individual, uh, she's coming to us, she's got two kids, and we're providing you know, three or four sets of food. So she's walking out the door with five or six bags of food. But it's just because of conversation. Mm -hmm. She's looking at her watch because she's got to get it to her second or third job. Right. You know, and you know the pain. You know, we've all worked very hard, and we know the pain of what that trial means. And, and yet you're working two or three jobs, and you're still coming to see me on the 18th of the month because... There just isn't enough cash flow or capital to be able to put food on the table for your kids. How, how is that possible? So, so we work with them, we talk with them, we try to just be, tell me what you need and we'll make it work. And it's interesting to hear about your partnership with Second Harvest Food Bank because I feel like a lot of people, us included, don't mm -hmm. realize how closely oh, all huge. the different organizations yeah. work together. I mean, they are kind of a, like a huge umbrella organization. They are. They're, they're the food bank and there are, I think... Please don't quote me. That's a uh, Derek Chubbs, uh, who's president of, of Second Harvest. But I think they work with about 500 different agencies. Uh, there are 15 of us that are the bigger boys on the block, and we feel small compared to 
you know, their, their warehouse of, mm -hmm. of food operations, and we do it collaboratively. And that's not only true just for the food pantry, um, but I can't serve, I can't have all the services that everybody will need. So somebody comes in, we find out they have a concern, they have an issue that I can't address. Before they walk out the door, I'm on the phone calling my other nonprofit colleagues. Listen, I got a gentleman here, I have a woman here, she's looking, can you help? Can we sit? Yeah, okay, they're gonna see you now. Mm -hmm. So if you can make yourself over there, if we can help get you over there, they're willing to see you at the front door now. I mean, that's just an amazing, like, network. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. It's the only uh, way we cooperate. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, what would you say to somebody who's watching and says, I, I don't really qualify. I, I you know, I, I don't want to take food from somebody else who might need it more than me. What, what would you tell them? Just come. Because mm -hmm. if you're hungry, I mean, this again, again, we're talking about food. If your belly is rumbling because you're hungry, everything else is inconsequential. Yeah. You're not worried about, you know, can I pay the rent? You're not worried about... Do I have enough medicine? You're hungry. Let me get hunger fed, and then I'll deal with everything else. It's the second step. Just show up. We'll feed you. We've never, ever, ever turned someone away, not given them food. It's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty simple process. It's a bigger problem, but at the end of the day, it's a pretty simple process. It's also amazing the buying power that you touched on that you all yeah. have when yeah. you work together like this. But another thing that is um, so sad in our country, and you talked about we are the breadbasket of the world, we also waste so much yeah, food. So how are all of your organizations working together to try and stop some of the food waste? We, I can't answer for the other organizations. I, I can talk about it with colleagues. I can share it at the dinner table with friends and neighbors. Uh, but I have enough on the plate just making sure that you're fed when you walk through my door. Um, I don't worry about what the restaurants are doing. That's somebody mm -hmm. else's issue, and they, mm -hmm. um, and they do it very well. But they even talk about not it. just the restaurants, the grocery stores. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know this is this is America, and you know we're the only country in the word, world that I under, I understand that buys its food based on what it looks like versus what it tastes like. A tomato that isn't quite perfect, or a strawberry that doesn't look exact, still tastes the same if you eat it. And if you go to Europe or other countries, you go to South America, you know you eat the food that's on your plate. But in America, it's gotta gotta be aesthetic, and I mean, it's gotta yeah, be pleasing. Yeah. There's there's some truth <clears throat> in that. I mean, in, but that is. I mean, I watch, I shop, and I watch people mm -hmm. go, they'll pick it up, but they're not really squeezing it to see is it ripe. They're looking at it. Yeah, it's a tomato. Yeah. It's, and I'm, I'm guilty of that. I mean, we're, we're all guilty right. of it. It's it's how we're brought up, and it's how we're how we're programmed. We but, had a company here, and I can't. I mean, I can't remember the exact name of it, but they. Mm -hmm. They delivered food that farmers just couldn't sell. Right. Mm -hmm. That yeah. just you know the corn looked a little different, or right. the apple, you know the apples. They call it the ugly. Oh, we can the ugly fruits, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. But it, it's 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 another organization yeah. that's working to either. You know, everybody has their own goal, right? right. I mean, yeah. I was just part of a discussion with the leadership with Second Harvest hosted for the Farm Bill. Politicians came out and talked about the Farm Bill. That's renewed once every five years. And what's that Farm Bill? The Farm Bill provides, uh, amongst the Farm Bill, is it's, it's funds for agriculture and agribusiness. Mm -hmm. And part of it is the SNAP program and the TFAS program, all, those, all of our programs that rely mm -hmm. on. Uh, and they were very open and honest and say, for me to sell my products to Winn-Dixie or Dole or you know, any of the companies that are buying their food, it has certain qualifications. It's got to look like this. It's got to be like this. All the other food, well, if nobody pays me, meaning the farmer isn't paid, I can't afford to have it picked, harvested, put on a truck, and transported. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. It's better for me, cost effective, just leave it rot in the field because no one will buy it. So part of the food of this uh, farm bill is that it provides them the opportunity to get paid for donating the food to us 
that's so they get transported. That's yeah. So that's really great. The problem mm -hmm. I always have is that it's once every five years. Yeah. So whatever you all decide, that's the budget for five years, regardless of what happens. Mm -hmm. So right, we just came out of a, a pandemic where I said we went from 22 to 124 a day showing right. up at the front door. All those food demands where no one was buying produce and produce was, it's, you know, it just continues, if you look at it, it's a never-ending cycle. So we just do the best we can. Are the trends getting any better, though? No. You say it's a never-ending no. cycle. No, no it's How not. come? Because there are so many people working to try and help the situation. That's a question you got to ask somebody else. I mean, just from my observation, you may be working the hours, but what's your pay? So even at $15 an hour, do the math. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's $28,000, $30,000 a year. Can you afford a two-bedroom apartment in downtown Orlando or on the outskirts at just 30000 And what's your health care costs? I mean, I'm president of my organization. They just went up 9.8%. I got 16 employees I got to cover. So we, you know, all of the economic pressures that are in place, at the end of the day, parents, individuals have to make choices. And most of the time, they don't eat. Is, is there, is there a, a story or a family or a person that just kind of, I mean, you've been doing this for how long now, Phil? For this, well, 40 years of my life. The yes. JFS is, is four years. So, I mean, you obviously have seen so many people come through your doors. Is there, is there one story that is one of those that just, like, keeps you going? They all keep me going. Yeah. But the, the story that you're looking for at the mm -hmm. end of the day is uh, we had a, 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 a we had a, a, a spoke no English. Uh, it was Spanish-speaking, came in the door, <clears throat> was working uh, at one of the local grocery stores, of all places, a grocery store. Um, and uh, his language skills were pretty poor. But at the end of the day, so we're feeding him, we're feeding him, we're feeding him. Uh, every two or three weeks, he's showing up at the door for a family. If I remember correctly, it was a family of five, uh, his wife and the three kids. And then, and then later on, maybe like two years later, um, you know, things changed for him, and he got a little bit more income coming in, and so forth and so on. So he, he sends us a check. You know, we get a check for $10 a month. $10. That's, you know, do the math. That's $90 worth of food. You know, time 10 to 9 to 1 ratio. I get $90 worth of food I can buy. So that's enough to feed another four or five families. And it comes every month. Wow. That's 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah. It's great. So, yeah. You mentioned that some of the other services you provide are mental health counseling mm -hmm. services. How important is that when you're also dealing with people who are suffering from food insecurity to have that additional counseling well it's it's all part and parcel of being human you know if, if we're if you're dealing with with financial issues or you're dealing with you know I'm one half paycheck away from losing my apartment because my rent is going up it creates a pressure because of stress so the food is the first step we talked about the calm me down get you fed and then we have our mental health and we're one of I think three organizations in Central Florida we take insurance so even if you're working full time and you have a stress relation with you and um, and you're using our food bank and you we take your insurance cards so we can get you through the door and get you into uh, into a mental health counselor every appointment once a week or every two weeks whatever the you and the counselor may work out to just help you kind of get over that hump mm -hmm. and get you going mm -hmm. there. But at the end of the day, any stress on the human psyche that's related to things that you and I probably take for granted. I mean, I go grocery shopping, and I, I may complain about the bill, but at the end of the day, my shopping cart has what I want in it. Mm -hmm. I'm not being structured like our clients are, or the people that we serve, our community members, they, we're just giving them what they get. Mm -hmm. So here I get to choose, and so that creates a, just creates a pressure on you. 
And going back to what they get, you mentioned uh, peanut butter. Right, peanut butter yeah. and and uh, all sorts of pastas come mm -hmm. in. We're, we're grateful about that. You can't go wrong with pasta. No, you can't. Yeah, yeah absolutely can. you can't. Uh, and then, of course, during the holidays, you know, food comes in during mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Sometimes we get turkeys. It's great. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and our, we have grocery partnerships. We work with Publix. We work with Trader, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, um, Sprouts, um, Aldi. We yeah. work with all of the different grocery stores, and they provide us what they can. And obviously, non-perishable food items are so important, but so is having fresh produce and oh, access to yeah. that. So are you able to provide that? And if so, how do you manage that? Sure. Um, the, That's a tricky one. Yeah. yeah. During, during the, it goes directly related to the uh, pandemic. When the pandemic came down, all of the restaurant supply houses, all of the food purveyors, the, they were stuck. They had all these vegetables and no place to go because the, the restaurants weren't open. So we said, we'll take it. As did all of our other, all of the other agencies of that could grab them. So we grabbed them uh, and uh, we purchased new refrigerators. And I went from two to five, you know, huge commercial refrigerators and we stack them in there. Today, we still keep the same relationships going. So when we can get vegetables and we, we have a pretty good success rate of every, every purchase date. We purchase food every, uh, every two and a half weeks. Uh, trucks come in and deliver for us, or we go with our van to pick up. We get enough vegetables to get us through that period of time. Mm -hmm. So nobody's going out the door with just a, a bag full of peanut yeah. butter and crackers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's there's fresh produce in there. And we get meat pretty regularly um, because, again, it's too close to the expiration date. It's not expired, but right. it's too close to the expiration date, and somebody won't buy it from, so this, okay, we'll give it to you and donate it to you, and we get it out the door, and it goes that day. And JFS, I mean... Rewinding back to the beginning, I mean, what's what's the mission? What's what kind of was the thing that ignited and started this organization? Sure, in '78, the decision was made to uh, establish a nonprofit organization that could work within the community to help individuals and families sort of stabilize, mm -hmm. um, be able to address some of their their lack of you know the things they couldn't purchase and items. Uh, and again, the Jewish philosophy of Tikkun Olam, which is your job is to just save the world. And you save one person, you've saved the world. And so that started, and we started as a small little operation, and now we own the, we're the whole building, and mm -hmm. you know, 16 45 full -time, years 45 later. years yeah, later, 16 full-time employees. And one of the nice things is we are, we're, not, you know, we're not a $25 million a year operation, which then has its own concerns when you have to make a change. We're small. So if when... Things happen in society, in the community. We can stop, go left, and everybody shifts at one time. So it allows us to be flexible, allows us to be very dimble. And so we greatly appreciate that. If people do want to volunteer, you mentioned you have full-time staff members sure. who... But we always know. have programs going on that people Okay, can what are some of the volunteer opportunities and how can people get involved? Sure, uh, they can always work with us in the, with the pantry operation. There's always some, somebody who can't get to us. We get phone calls, I can't get to you. Well, I can't send my van out there to go get you know, two little bags of food because the van's doing other pickups. So sometimes volunteers will come and work with us. They'll take the food. They'll go deliver it to oh, the household. Nice. So that's good. a big help. Um, kind of like your own Meals on Wheels. Sort of, sort yeah. of. Meals on Wheels does an outstanding job, and we yeah. work a great deal of partnership with them. But occasionally, you know, it's you're not on the list. And well, your car breaks yeah. down, yeah. or it's somebody just something else has ridiculous. the car. Right. So right. we'll we'll get the food to you. Nobody goes hungry if if we're aware of it. Nobody will go hungry. <laughs> um, the other programs uh, involved is the ride program, which helps. Sometimes um, we do a ride program, which is reliable, independent driver and for the elderly. Mm -hmm. And so this is we use either with New Year's Taxi or sometimes we use it with um, uh, 
the lift and, mm -hmm. and the Uber rides, but they need someone to go with them because getting in and out of a doctor's office when you're 86 years of age to 96 years of yeah. age, a little difficult. So sometimes our volunteers will, yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll get in there. I'll meet you at the office and we'll, we'll make sure we get to picked up and get them into the apartment, uh, to the doctor's office and come back. And so, uh, and then we just started a brand new program, which we haven't talked about at all, which is fine. Uh, it's our Holocaust Survivors Assistance Program. Wow. There's, there's about 20 to 22 individuals living in the Central Florida area that are survivors of the Holocaust. Here in Central Florida. Here in Central Florida. And this is a brand new program. We just started, we just launched it in, in February. Okay. Um, and so this program, uh, their biggest thing with volunteers is isolationism. Because they're ni they're in they're nineties they're ninety two mm -hmm. ninety six years old and so volunteers get a chance to go and visit with them just talk with them just keep the wow. mental uh, their mental uh, stability going on and be able to engage that's a big, big I issue. have to imagine that has to be one of the most rewarding things for those volunteers to be able to do that that's that's yeah. we're looking forward thinking, to making yeah, that work yeah, yeah absolutely uh, we we hired a case manager and she's uh, well versed in the issues and she's working with mm -hmm. these clientele and so it's uh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, you can just read it off my face. Mm -hmm. It's like, holy mackerel. Okay, let's just work on this. <laughs> right? Um, I mean, are you able to document their stories at all? And then... It, we, one of the, one of the our... Storytellers, No, right? no, but, yeah. but that's, you, you just said, it's, 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 it's their witness. Mm -hmm. So if, um, when our case manager is working with the individual clients, um, if they have not given their testimony, then we call the Holocaust Center... Mm -hmm. uh, because they're equipped for that, and they send out their videographer, and they do their their, and they interview them to help them bring their their witness and their testimony out. And so, yeah. and so far, you have twenty to twenty two people signed 22 up. Twenty two that we're aware of. Yes, we have we have five in sign up right now. So okay, we, so we just take it slow. We <laughs> that just is amazing. Yeah, no, it it happened pretty quickly. And how have they been able to find out about this program? It's all um, it's all through. There's a central office that works with Holocaust survivors in Atlanta. And they just kind of keep tabs on where everybody is. And so um, they're the ones who called us back in 2020 and said, are you aware that over the last couple of years there's been this movement of survivors that used to live in either South Florida or they lived in Ohio or Pennsylvania who relocated wow. to Orlando to be with their grandchildren who are now in their 50s, 40s and 50s, right? Because Orlando is not the same as it was 15 years ago. People are getting their first professional jobs and staying here, mm -hmm. you know? work a couple of years here and bolt off to New York or Dallas or Chicago. They're staying here to be professional. And so the grandchildren are here, and so they've moved in, but they need services. So they called us. So I said, okay, let's, let's see if we can make this roll. And, of course, the pandemic happened and everything stopped. And then as soon as everything listed, we put the program back into play. And so we're now servicing those individuals. And then we reached out through the synagogues and through the different rabbis uh, across central Florida, and they've talked to the congregations, and some, someone raises their hand, well, my aunt or my grandmother. Mm -hmm. I think that would be great. So that is fantastic. So, yeah. Yes. So we're looking. We're looking forward yeah. to keeping the program going. As it's long it's as not can. just food. I mean, that's just the the. You're, there's so many layers to yeah. JFS. We which are is we are so a awesome. social services organization. Mm -hmm. We're a community service organization. So we look at it, each person coming in, and most people come to us. They start with the pantry. That's just the way they get introduced mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. And then, but we ask questions. It's a gateway. It's a, ga it's a gateway, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. We're yeah. the gateway. And so, you know, how are you doing with your rent? How's things happening with your family stabilization? Well, you know, I got a job interview coming up and I'm a little nervous about it. We'll put you in touch with Sasha. You can yeah. talk about, you know, talk about some skills you may, you may have. Interview techniques. Techniques, yeah, right, wow, exactly. Right. So we'll talk about that. And, oh, you know, we'll get a phone call. I, I got to get to the grocery store. My car is dead. 
you know, and, and I'm, I'm, okay, let's get you to the grocery store. So we cook you to the ride program. And so that just becomes and yeah. Taking care of the whole person Absolutely. rather than just, you know, one, one part. Right, exactly, exactly. The whole family, the whole community. You started out saying, uh, you know, the goal is for you to basically have no clients, right. but that would be terrible considering <laughs> all the work that you are doing, you know. You know, but think, yeah. think of it, if, if nobody, if food insecurity went away, then mm. I wouldn't need the food pantry. Yeah. I'd just take it away. We'll do something else. Focus on yes. something else, right? Well, yes. Absolutely. We have no yes. problem as a profession <laughs> saying we're not needed anymore. How marvelous. Right. You know, well, so you are greatly needed yes. in our community. We appreciate and, it, too. Yes. So interesting to learn about all the things that you guys are doing. Um, and, you know, we hope to follow up and meet some of your clients yeah. maybe in the future. That would That'd be, be great. fantastic. Come by anytime. Yeah. All right. Phil Flynn from Jewish Family Services of Greater Orlando. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Phil Flynn. You can find his organization online at jfsorlando.org. You can also find it on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell online. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram or Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. You can also find Candace Campos on social media. She's on Twitter. Just search at Candace News 6. On Facebook, search Candace Campos News 6. And on Instagram, search Candace Campos WX. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley, and our director, Rich Burns. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you stream podcasts. And you can find videos of all of our podcasts on ClickOrlando.com and on YouTube. Just search for Florida foodie.